Hello, and welcome to another edition of this 16-ounce canvas. That's right, folks, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens. How do you do? I'm your host here each and every week as we introduce you to the artists that help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. We are up to episode number 16, DSCS. Our Sweet 16, our Quinceanera, our Fiesta, our Happy Time. We now have our learner's permit. So we are excited. We thank you for taking the time to join us. It means a lot to us. We're here each and every week. Hopefully we're introducing you to some new art, some new artists, maybe dropping a little knowledge on you or maybe getting you to go out there and try a brewery that you never had before. The beer is good. The beer is cold. And it is summer, so summertime's here, and it is is a great time to be here with you. So we thank you, like I said once again. We are a great compliment to the summer road trip. If we were our own can, it would say pairs well with the open road. So wherever you are and you're bringing us along, we thank you. Remember, download, share, tell a friend, get the word out. We do appreciate it. It means a lot. Send the links around. Post it up on the office message board, 16ozcanvas.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So we will follow you on all the social media platforms. We are not on Pinterest or Etsy. I don't know why we would be, but if you think we should be, then I will figure that shit out too. But again, we're here each and every week. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us. want to take a quick nod and thanks to those who have gone out of their way to give us a review or rated us on iTunes. It does mean a lot. It helps the the search and helps uh, to get the word out there about the, the podcast and the different episodes. On this week's episode, like I said, episode number 16, which is mind-boggling still to say that, we have Brett Habercorn. Senior graphic designer for Founders Brewing Company celebrating their 20 years, 20 years, zero regrets. And so it was really great to talk to Brett, learn about, he's a new father. He also is a sculptor, artist, and he is a huge, huge lover of all things Founders. It's a great story. Not very often you get to hear about someone landing what they consider their dream job. It is encouraging. It is positive. It was just nice to catch up with Brett. So without further ado, this is Brett Habercorn right here. Episode number 16 of this 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. That's what it is. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas Thank you for joining us. We're very pleased and excited this week to bring to you Brett Habercorn. He's the Senior Graphic Designer for Founders Brewing Company. So thanks so much for for taking the time to join us today, Brett. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, we were just just chatting. Um, Brett's up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, right where the the brewery is. So that's that's very very convenient. That must have been pretty nice for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a great city. Uh, Great brewery, uh, yeah. Love, love working there, and love, love the, love the 
town. So that's awesome. So you're you're born and raised Michiganer. I don't know what you guys call yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yep. Born and raised in Michigan, originally from Coldwater, Michigan. Um, went up to Grand Valley State University for uh, for school. So got my uh, my BFA there at Grand Valley State uh, in sculpture, actually. So <laughs> um, yeah, got my BFA there, and then uh, just love Grand Rapids. Wanted to hang around, and uh, you know, went went through a few jobs, and uh, kind of landed my my dream job at Founders. So that's excellent. Now. Take us back. You said you went to school for sculpting. So you art has always been kind of an important art and design has always been a important part of your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, even as a kid, you know, growing up, I you know always you know tearing things apart and putting them back together and designing things and painting and drawing and um, yeah, and just was always just something that I wanted to do. I just always always had to keep busy. You know, always had to you know the idle hands, <laughs> but kind of led me to Grand Valley and uh, jumped into their art program and uh, absolutely loved it. Fantastic program. It's, uh, you know, it's, you know, shaped who I am today, I believe as an artist and, um, you know, r- really helped me out. Like I said, I, you know, got my degree in sculpture, Just, you know, love building things, fabricating things of that nature. So, you know, of course, after graduating, uh, wasn't a lot of, wasn't a lot of sculpture jobs out there. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to, uh, wait a second to, uh, yeah, yeah, right. So took the uh, took the plunge into uh, graphic design. So you know had some of that uh, in schooling a little bit, and uh, landed a job at a hand tool company. So that kind of played into the sculpture, you know, feel a little bit with like hand tools and things. So I uh, started doing packaging design for them, and the packaging design I think really kind of lent itself, you know to sculpture because you know you're you know you're building things you got to fold things up it, these things have to exist in the physical world and you know really just kind of uh kind of helped me out there with having that sculpture background yeah yeah it's very yeah the packaging is like it's like very engineering based too like you're trying to figure it it sounds great it looks good in the computer with the you know one dimensional but when you have to fold it and how it lays out and sits on the shelf or fact you know, the store yeah it's, it's interesting yeah yeah absolutely it's a uh, something people pick up and you know look at so it's translated quite nicely right yeah it was uh i heard a weird weird story on the radio the other day it was about like at first glance i was like this is going to be terrible but it was about uh, how they were studying ladybugs and how their wings are able to move so fast and like open and close and like what's in the way their body structure is because they're I think it's like one tenth of a second where they can open their wingspan and then less than a second to, to close it, like keep themselves safe but still be powerful. And they said that from kind of a you know packaging and engineering you know, perspective that they were just like in amazement of how they were able to utilize that. And there's like these you know underfolds that, that like kind of help help it with the with with that. And it was it was pretty amazing. I was just thought of it as like one of the a box and trying to put it together. So it was really cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's incredible. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, it was a plug for our public radio friends over at NPR. So that was a that was a good. One. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was nice, excellent. So you're yeah, you're pretty versatile then. I mean, if you're you're going from sculpting to you know working in uh, industrial tools, and now you're doing uh, labels and packaging art for a brewery. So that's that's a great path right there. So I'm, that's pretty exciting, especially in your hometown. Yeah, yeah. Especially in your hometown for one of the you know larger uh, craft breweries in the country. You know that's pretty amazing. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, I think I've been very fortunate to have all these different skills, and I think it's kind of helped me, uh, again, kind of land where I'm at, you know, just being able to bring a, a 
you know, a lot of versatility to the table. And, um, you know, we even did a lot of, uh, have a lot of experience in studio photography as well. So that really helps when you're trying to, you know, take these packages and, um, you know, bring them to life digitally and, you know, put them online, whatever ads, things of that nature. So, yeah, senior, yeah, senior graphic uh, designer is not probably just labels. It's the whole kit and caboodle, right? The whole imagery. So that's yeah. pretty, yeah, you can't just be like, well, I can draw this pretty good. You know, you got to bring a, bring, bring well, what was that? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, being a senior graphic designer, I, you know, they, you, you have to do a ton of stuff. So I, I got to imagine that your versatility was probably a key part in them bringing you on board. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a great opportunity. And, uh, yeah, again, just landed my dream job. And the Powers is an awesome company. So That's awesome, yeah. I mean, like I said before, and just to me, it sounds awesome. You know, the dream job is, is awesome, point one. But then to be in your local area is, you know, part two. And then to be at a great brewery is, you know, that's pretty much the, the trifecta of awesome right there. Right, right. Now, because you're so uh, versatile and you you know work in many different mediums, how would you describe yourself your your aesthetic? Like how would you how would you look at yourself? You know that's the that's our one question, Brett. We asked that makes us sound like we understand the art world a little bit. So um, it's been right. it's received mixed reviews. So if it makes you cringe, I, I apologize. But um, that's one of our proud art art questions we have for everyone. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It is it is a tough question. You know, it's uh, easy to look at you know, other art and kind of, you know, maybe, you know, articulate that a little better, but when you try to, you know, reflect on yourself, it, it, people kind of clam up a bit, but yeah, it is, it is a difficult question. I mean, as far as uh, working with founders, I would say, you know, the aesthetic um, was kind of already there. I've uh, actually worked with founders for like three and a half years. So they've, they've, they've had a lot of these, you know, fantastic legacy labels around, you know, already. So just kind of coming in and, um, you know, I guess kind of already having that style a little bit really kind of kind of helped uh, you know ease, ease into the the label creation without you know too much of a jarring effect. But um, yeah, I mean as far as founders are concerned, concern, you know you know vintage, earthy, um, you know authentic. I mean maybe even sometimes a little uh, like collagey at times. You know they kind of have that that hand in it. Like the label was you know possibly just like hand built. You know not necessarily all like digitally. So um, yeah, and then as far as like my personal work, it's kind of it's, it's kind of crazy. It's uh, I guess I would say a little little contemporary mixed in with a little surrealism. So it's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of out there. It's kind of a good outlet to be able to do some crazy things. Well, that's great. Now, uh, yeah, we like to check some of that out. Now, do you still are you still creating? Like, I mean, sculpting to me seems like a huge undertaking. You can't just kind of you know some of the artists you spoke to with you know just carry their sketchbook or their iPad sculpting doesn't seem like to have the best mobility, uh, you know, for that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is difficult uh, for sure. I um, I did some freelance work for a little while for a housing designer, and it was uh, you know more or less like um, you know furniture pieces and brackets and things of that nature. So it really wasn't exciting. It was just kind of you know producing. So I kind of kind of ended that, and uh, you know along with the the time, you know, having uh, working for founders and you know having a full time job really doesn't. Uh, you know, when it's like you said, the sculpting takes a lot of time and space. Uh, my wife is actually an artist as well, and we have a, a studio in the house. She's a, a metal smith. So uh, once in a while, I get to go in there and you know, kind of build some things, but nothing, nothing too in depth. But just to kind of, kind of keep in it. Now, I have no idea what a metal smith is, but I want, I want to know, and it sounds awesome. So what is that? Uh, well, she, I guess, um, 
I guess a silversmith. She makes uh, she makes jewelry. She I met her in uh, in college in surrealism class, so that was a surreal experience. Um, but yeah, she she uh, she works mainly in silver. She uh, used to create larger body pieces, so that's kind of hard to to sell those and you know have people wear them around. I guess as what you would consider jewelry. So she kind of scaled that down, but still kind of kept her clean aesthetic style. Um, you know. She takes a lot of her um, her inspiration from architecture or Japanese design, so very clean, contemporary-looking pieces. So makes a lot of uh, earrings, necklaces, um, kind of like the whole scope with jewelry. So and she she sells those items. Excellent. Let's, does she have a website or something we can plug it? We're more than happy to do that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, RobinKane.com. All right. Is it the K? K Kane with a K or C? Kane with a K. Awesome. All right. Robin, Robin with a Y. <laughs> All right, we'll definitely check that out. I'm always looking for, for new gifts, and I love unique pieces. So that's always great. Yeah. So studio in the house, that's key. So that's a very, I, I like that. It just kind of gives a good sense of creativity flowing through the house. So that's always good. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we just had a, a a little one, a baby. So we're trying to figure out how to how to block off that studio. A lot of <laughs> a lot of dangerous things in there. Yeah. As uh, you know, I, I've been saying recently, I'm, I'm a father of two. They're, my boys are six and three. We kind of discussed, and I think that they should rent. People should rent out their kids to other folks who have like just new kids, and just say like, just when they think your house is childproof, to bring the kid over and just let them like just destroy shit. Because I think you're like, oh, oh we're, yeah. we're good here. They're never gonna touch that. It's so hard to find. Uh, and it's like it's like a sonar. They find it and they just like get in there. Yeah. That's a fantastic idea. I think I think we definitely need to do that. Yeah, I don't. Our, there's no way our house is, our, is childproof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. yeah, I guess we're gonna have to learn as we go with bumps and bruises and cuts. So yeah, exactly. Then you yeah right with with one you're gonna make a lot more calls, a lot more oh my gods. But then if you have another, which you know that's your that's your choice. But when you have number two, it's kind of like eh, they'll be all right. That, that's not that's not so bad. <laughs> so you know your your second one might be a little uglier than your first one because it's got a little more. Gets a little more banged up than you expect with the first one. <laughs> and Daniel, if you're listening at some point in time, Daddy loves you. But no, seriously. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, so the if yeah, if you want to, you can you can run the uh, Michigan chapter of the renting out baby part. I don't, I don't know the legality there, but it's an idea we were. It's a good business we're, idea. Yeah, I have a feeling there's a child labor issue there, but um, you know, we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll figure something out. We'll get around that. Right. Excellent. Now. So, so dream job. How did you how did you come to to work with the founders? Uh, well, like I said, I was working for the hand tool company, and um, this wasn't really the best, I guess, fit for me. Um, I guess culturally, and um, I guess what I was producing, just kind of just turning things out. Um, you know, not a lot of uh, creative thinking going involved in that. So, um, I've been a home brewer for many many years, and love craft beer, love founders, love that founders was in my town I went there all the time and, and drank and just you know always loved their, their labels and um i don't know i just kind of had it in my head i was like i i'm gonna work for founders i want to do this i want to i want to be their their designer and do this and uh it was just kind of a serendipitous thing the the job came up and i like friggin jumped on it so it was uh it was a, it was just there at the right time you know right time right place type of thing you know and just worked out famously it was fantastic that is fantastic, yeah. I, the, this is, yeah. I think so. If, yeah, for everybody at home, just go and drink at the brewery you like at a lot, and just become a household name there. 
But yeah, that's that's yeah. excellent. That's excellent. Now, would you? Is there other members in the team? Is it you know how how does that work over there? Yeah, it's um, I'm a part of the marketing department. I think we have uh, twelve now. So um, as far as designers, it's uh, me, and then we have a junior graphic designer. So and then there's various you know members of the team. We have sponsorships and social media team and. Um, you know, um, we have a brand manager now, so we just, we're kind of, uh, you know, just really just starting to form our, our, our core marketing team. So that's excellent. Now, so you've been there, you know, a little, little over three years, almost three and a half years now. What was, you know, what was the first product that you, that you worked on that kind of came to life? Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> right. When I started, it was, uh, it was a beer label founders. Uh, I guess currently does a, it's called the, the barrel age series. So it's just all barrel age beers. But before that, they had, it was called the Backstage Series, and this was, I guess, touted as the, the Brewer's Playground, right? So it could be, it could be any beer. It could be a barrel-aged beer. It just could be something, you know, you know, wicked crazy they're working on or, or what have you. But um, at that point, uh, there was, uh, the beer was called Dissenter, and it was uh, an imperial uh, lager, and uh, that was my first label that I did. And uh, I got to name the beer and create the label. So being that a lager obviously is something that's not, you know, really common for founders to do. Uh, we just came up with the name dissenter kind of, you know, going against the norm and things of that nature. And uh, my father-in-law uh, made an appearance on that label. He, uh, he was, I guess, if you look at the definition of dissenter going against the, the grain and not being the norm, that's kind of him. So, kind of made sense to put him on there. He was, um, in the sixties, he was in a band called Joey Grifo and the in crowd. And they were going to a, uh, a gig one night and they got in a car crash and he got ejected from the car and he broke both of his legs. And that's kind of difficult when you're the drummer in the band. So they, yeah. So, uh, where they used to play all the time, there was this, uh, there was this kid, uh, he was in high school at the time, I think. And he, they asked him to fill in for him. And then there was another band going around uh, looking for a drummer and they came in, they, you know, heard of Joey Greco and the in crowd and wanted to check them out. And um, unfortunately uh, my wife's dad was not drumming that night. And the band that came in uh, saw the fill-in drummer and the fill-in drummer's name was Peter Chris ended up going to the band Kiss. So that's kind of how Kiss kind of started to form in its infancy. So it's kind of a wild story. Oh, wow. That is a, yeah. That was a good finish right there. Then I was like, "Where's this gonna go? Like, what's this band gonna be?" And I was like, "Oh wow, all right." Yeah, yeah. So it was Peter Chris that filled in for uh, for uh, my father-in-law. <laughs> there you go. Wow, that's yeah, that's a good. Oh. That makes that beer even more interesting. And I think that's interesting. Yeah, the which I love is is the on the website. It's the very you, know, you can see all the labels and it's very the imagery is very crisp and stuff like that. So I mean, kudos to the the marketing team and everyone getting that stuff out there. Cause it's, it's nice to, you know, I just pulled it up and it's, it's a nice, uh, nice clean label. That's pretty awesome. That for your first beer, you know, your first product, you get to name the beer. That must've been, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's an Imperial IPL, which is, I mean, you see a little more of those now than you probably did in 2014, 15. So I think it's pretty interesting. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It was a fantastic beer as well. So yeah, thank you. Excellent. Now, how's that uh, with your? You said you homebrew. Do you still you still homebrew? I mean, you must be you're kind of in a in a playground there if you're you know with, with where you're located. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually don't. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't homebrewed actually since I started Founders. You know, I 
um, you know, obviously there's perks of working at a brewery and uh, <laughs> I have a lot of beer, beer to drink and uh, I love drinking founders and uh, yeah, I just, I just haven't had time. I do want to get back into it. So hopefully when, uh, maybe when my daughter gets a little older, you have your daughter, you have your daughter starts, you know, you starts driving. Yeah. Yeah. Your your sculpting and your brewing, but yeah, you know, we gotta get that get that back going. All that free time you have, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, you'll be up at weird hours of the nights, so and that might be might be ideal for for home brewing. So there you go, you might be able to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Up up all the time, so I yeah. could uh, jump in the garage and <laughs> create a few create a few recipes. Yeah, heat up a bottle, throw in some materials yeah you're good yeah you'll be, you'll be fine you'll be fine you'll learn what you'll learn what the body can do about without four hours of sleep so it'll be pretty good so you'll, you'll be great yeah it's uh it, <laughs> that was uh that was an experience yeah for sure it's uh it's amazing what you can do with literally no sleep yeah the body just kind of you know it's amazing six hours is you think like you had you you gotten a month's worth of sleep all so, right now one thing that we'll we'll get up on the site that brett shared with me was um there's a really cool video on the, the founders youtube about the redanculus it's a quick, it's a time-lapse video of, I'm assuming that's you making that, that label. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, that to me, I mean, on, on first glance, I mean, it's a really cool label, but I never would have guessed that's how it was made. So can you explain more about that process? I mean, I think that was really, really interesting that you share that. And like I said, I would never would have guessed that. It just seemed like it'd be so much to do that for a label, but I, I love that the creativity and like, you know, that's really like an art piece, you know, when you, when you see it that way. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was interesting. The, the idea behind that was, um, you know, we we're just trying to think outside the box a little bit, but ultimately what we were trying to do was highlight the ingredients, you know, it's, uh, it's called ridiculous. So it's, you know, it's super hoppy. It's super dank. It's, you know, it's kind of punching their face with hops. So we were on to highlight the ingredients and, um, you know, what better way to do that with actually using the ingredients. So just kind of, again, pushing the limits of what is, what is maybe drawing or what is typically seen on a beer label. So we kind of, kind of came up with that idea and that time-lapse that took, it took four hours to do that. And that was, I don't know, it was probably a, a attempt number seven. I had you know quite a few different designs. So I was kind of, was kind of sitting there for a really long time. Uh, I didn't. I didn't, even th I didn't even think of that. I was just thinking that Brett killed on the first try. But yeah, I gotta. Probably, that's yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a ton of fun, though. It was. You know, it was. I mean, this was. You know, brewing. You know, it's all about the process, right? You know, so we were kind of trying to bring that into the to the label as well, just kind of you know highlighting the process of making the label, and uh, you know just adding in those ingredients to really kind of get across that this thing is just packed with hops. Right. And it's not weed that you're using there, right? It's hops, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hops only. But it was, uh, it definitely yeah. had a fantastic smell. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was just, you know, the the dank term, which I think you know, was previously very strong in the the I guess the I don't know what, what we can say or can't say, and, and that the other culture, you know, has definitely been absorbed in describing the beers. I think you know, I think because the hops and, and marijuana are pretty much like cousins in terms of you know flowers. And so I think. Yeah. So yes, yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, so exactly. So that's a really, like I said, we'll, we'll get that up on the website. But if you go to the founders' uh, YouTube page, you can see that it's a it's a really cool time lapse to see. You know, it makes you just appreciate a little bit more. I know next time I see that on the shelf, I'll be more inclined to to grab one of those. And so uh, that's another thing I really love about founders is the the labels. I mean, there's definitely some that have a similar style. I mean, depending on the series, but they're they're 
they're really unique. There's, you know, they're, they're, they don't kind of fall back on the same aesthetic with each, each one, which I, I think is really has to be difficult, especially with the amount of beer that is being pumped out. So I, I applaud you there. Yeah. I mean, actually, when creating a, a label, I, I like uh, Jeremy Kosmicki, our, you know, our brewmaster. I, I sit down with him right in the very beginning and I, I talk, I talk with him about, about, can tell me, you know, if there's a story behind the beer or what went into the beer, what he was thinking when he was designing the beer and the ingredients that are in the beer. And it really just kind of helps me kind of pull out, you know, maybe the, the character of this beer because, you know, every beer you drink from Founders, you know, has, has a lot of character. And what we try to do is reflect that on the label. So, you know, hopefully when it gets to package, when it gets to shelf, that, um, you know, our customers are taking a look at that and really just kind of know what they're getting into. They kind of know what, what, what beer is going to be in that bottle and, and, you know, hopefully the visuals will kind of, kind of translate how, how fantastic that beer is. So it's, it's a, it's a great process to be able to work really closely with Jeremy and, and, you know, kind of come up with these designs and, um, you know, hopefully get that translated onto the bottle. Yeah. I, I think that's a, uh, like from your, your, again, your home brewing perspective, I think definitely has to help immensely, you know, especially if you were, you know, I would. I tried to homebrew, but I mean, I definitely. Won't, I mean, didn't. I wouldn't say it didn't go well. I mean, people enjoyed the beer, but I never got to that. <laughs> I never got to that like next threshold of doing it without like the kit. So that was. So I think that I find that just kind of really interesting. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it was a time thing or a patience thing, but just I. I was good at following the direction of the kit, but having to make my own recipe, I think, would was a little intense for me. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely a time involved hobby for sure. Oh yeah, because I would do it and I would like I enjoyed it, but then I would see people like I'd look online at people's images and like what they're doing in the process, and they have these notebooks and they're taking notes, and, <laughs> and I was like, what are they doing? I'm like, I just step six, put in this. It was like thirty minutes later, put. I was like, all right, I got that, but yeah, yeah, I, I learned the hard way about like measuring gravity and all that. You know, final. I was I had a couple, couple. Uh, Exploders in, in the in the basement that I found the hardware. Really? Yeah, it was it was a sugar thing. I didn't measure right, and I think some were a little more volatile than others. And a couple were gushers. I mean, the ones that came out were really great, but I don't think that the nice. sugar broke down evenly across the beers. And so it was it was right. interesting. All in the back of my wife's car it was not a it was not a good moment. It was not a good uh, encouragement for future uh, beer beer uh, projects. Well, hopefully, you had a little bit of fun. Yeah, oh yeah, and she sees this one. Yeah, this product is you know, less likely to make her car smell like uh, beer for a month, so this is a little safer. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing I noticed with the labels is some of them are topography heavy. So, how is that? How do you make that distinction when it's going to be more, you know, font or you know, word heavy than a design heavy label? If that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it kind of goes down the same way, you know. I guess I can't speak for some of the um, the past labels, but, uh, the, yeah, the ones that I've uh, created, I guess it just, again, kind of, you know, that conversation with uh, with Jer and, and kind of going down the road of, you know, does this, you know, does this beer have a concept or, you know, what was he thinking when he was designing this beer, I guess, for instance, would be Lizard of Cause, you know, he, he uh, you know, designed that beer for his sister for, his, for her 30th birthday, and he... You know, his last name is Cosmicky, so he just, and his sister's name is Liz, so he always called her Lizard of Cos, and uh, he designed this beer for her, and so with that concept in mind, you know, it kind of invoked a character uh, rather than being, uh, you know, type-heavy. Um, one beer that we're coming out with here, 
uh, real soon, the next month or so, it's uh, DKML. So um, that one is going to be very, you know, very type-heavy, very font-heavy. It's going to be a, uh, a malt liquor. It's actually going to be an imperial malt liquor uh, that is, in fact, going to be barrel-aged. So uh, it's going to be a big one. And uh just figured that that one, that one just needs some big, bold, big, bold font. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you mentioned uh, the lizard of uh, cause and I was, you know, I, I've turned my brother-in-law, uh, my sister doesn't realize what I got him, got him into yet. He's younger than I am into, you know, craft beer and appreciating it. So just yesterday he sent me, uh, he sent me, a, he said, Oh dude, look at this beer. I just got it. It was lizard of cause. And so I was like, Oh, I'm talking, I'm talking to Brett tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, and he was like, oh. so that, that made me look really cool to my uh, younger brother-in-law. So that was, so thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, he was psyched. So I was, it was cool. Yeah, they're down in. Uh, I grew up in the Philadelphia area, so everything they they got down in Jersey. So you guys are. I mean, obviously, Sweet, yeah, yeah, distributions everywhere, which is really nice too. So that must be really exciting for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad, glad, glad that it's, uh, glad it's out there for you guys. Yeah, I've I haven't done a lot of the the beer dinners. That, you know, I think there's a really kind of blown up to the pairings, but I had I had the pleasure we did. I think my the first one I ever did was a founders one in Connecticut, and some of the guys had come out from you know from the brewery and you know I, I just remember we had a keg I think it was a they had centennial you know this centennial and it was like days old and so that's only been like once you've had it that fresh it's kind of the when it gets to us sometimes it's 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 um it was it, it never met met that level I think that's unfair I mean because they were even saying you know they the guys and they were pretty vigilant about it they were that was part of their job on the on this tour is to go and make sure that it's always fresh you know to store the the canned on dates but that was one of the the best beers I've you know had like it was just so so fresh and so vivid it was like just having it having it there so that was pretty great oh uh, yeah that's awesome I mean yeah it's unfortunate you know the <laughs> the world's so big and you try to get your your product out there and you know beers food and you know, unfortunately, it does have a shelf life, but you know, it's awesome that you had the opportunity to try something like super fresh. Yeah, it was so, great. Yeah. It, was, it was great because it did make me it made make me appreciate behind the scenes stuff that you know that, that it's not just the. Uh, yeah, I think there's the misconception at times that it's just kind of like okay, once it leaves the brewery, that that they don't, you don't care about it, but that's your product, and so I think that it was just encouraging to see, and, and then it made me see the, the distributors and who's selling it you kind of got the sense that they care as much as, you know, so they bite into that process too. When you go there, you notice that the, that it's always, you know, fresh and things of that nature and that they're not just trying to, you know, just sell it to sell it. That is a, it is a culture and it's about the beer. Obviously it's a business, but yeah. I think it's just, that that was, that was great. Cause that was, you know, we're having a nice night and have, you know, we got sat down with the two of them. It was me and my brother-in-law. And so, that was really nice to see that and just to kind of like tomorrow we have to go kind of just hit the stores up and kind of just do like kind of blind check-ins. So that was, that was a cool behind the scenes thing to see. Sweet. Yeah. Glad you, glad you had that experience. Yeah. yeah. Beer dinners are, yeah, it's, it's, it can be very educational. It's, it's fun. You know, we have, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of around the country and try to send our folks out from the brewery to, to a lot of those and, um, you know, just kind of chat with everybody and try to bring some cool product. Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was really great. And it was, um, yeah, we got to yeah just kind of hang out with them and, and experience that which was really nice and saw the pictures of kind of like the underground there at the at the you know home base you know with all the barrels and kind of the caves and stuff like that so that was really cool to see yeah yeah the caves are pretty sweet been down there a, a few times it's uh that's 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 an amazing experience as well you know it's a perfect perfect atmosphere perfect temperature to you know just let these barrels just kind of kind of sleep and 
you know, kind of age and <laughs> get ready for, uh, for, for bottling. Yeah. I think it's, it's awesome. So we're now the, what was the, so you joined, what are some of the other ones that you made? It's, I'm trying to look at it from a timeline perspective. You know, I, I, some of the newer ones are obviously you, but, um, all day IPA, is that, is that you? No, no, all day IPA was not me. That was, uh, just before I got there. So, but yeah, fantastic label, um, fantastic beer and yeah, it's, uh, IPA, uh, all day's done really well for us. Yeah, I think it's a, and again, um, I think that that's that was a point in time where the session IPA wasn't really a thing, or if we just and so I think that that was kind of a, really pushed the envelope for I think for other breweries to do that, and and the session IPA has definitely been uh, utilized a lot across the country. Yeah, it's it's a great category, you know, and Jeremy, our brewmaster, he he really just kind of did it for selfish reasons. He, he wanted to uh, just make a beer that he could literally drink all day, you know, and but still kind of have that, that flavor of, you know, some of these higher alcohol beers like a Centennial or, you know, an Azaka IPA or something like that, or even like a Redanculus, you know. He just he wanted something that he's able to drink and just, you know, still kind of keep his wits about him. So <laughs> so that lower ABV really helps. But, yeah, that, that thing's uh, just packed with flavor. As, yeah, that's exactly, that's the best. I think that's the, the fact that you can, because... Some of these beers, as I say, are, are are a big investment, and so I think that um, to dive into that is really, you know, it's like okay, I, I can only have one of these or maybe two, and then I'm kind of done for the day. But if you then you go lower ABV, you don't always get the the flavor, and so I think that's a great in, great uh, underappreciated innovation, I would say, in, in the beer space. Yeah, yeah. So the the yeah, bar- we'll drink, we'll yeah. drinking all day. Yeah, exactly. Twist my arm. And we are back. You're listening to the 16-ounce canvas. This is the Brett Haberkorn interview episode number 16. 16-ounce canvas episode 16, lucky 16, DSE says. A really cool story about his father-in-law, his first label, Dissenter. I hate I did I do want to apologize. I hate asking about the labels and he didn't create them. He's a very talented artist. He loves the beers. I mean, All Day IPA, in my opinion, is an iconic label at this point. I just think it's a great label. It's really versatile, and it just it's great. So, I just want to apologize for that. I hate I hate asking. It's like oh I didn't do that, and I thought should I edit it out, but then I thought that would take away from the conversation. And what I do love. Is Brett's appreciation for founders? I mean, when you when you have a job, that's great. But he calls it his dream job, and you can tell he's very knowledgeable about the beers. He has a great relationship with Jeremy, who's the brewer there, and which I really like. I think that makes it more intimate, makes it special. They had that process where they sit down to talk about it. I don't know. I really, I really like to know that. I, you know, like I said, and then if you haven't checked out that video, please do. Redanculous, go to the founders. YouTube page, or you just check us out, 16OunceCanvas.com. You check out the interview on the website. It'll be great because it features some of his sculptures, some of the label work that he's done. You can see his mug. All good stuff. I think that's one of my favorite parts. It does take a little bit extra time here for us to do those each week. But one of the things is that this is a visual idea. You know, we put it in the art and design section on the podcasts. 
um, in their directories. And it's just important, I think, that while some of these stories and my you know charming radio voice really help, I think it's nice to check that out and see you know see what's going on there and find out more information about them, help to understand you know connect the people with the labels that they're doing. So don't you know if you're just a podcast listener, we love you. We do. We really love you. But head on over to 16OunceCanvas.com, 160ZCanvas.com, and check us out. It's that simple. Or, you know, go to our Instagram. Our Facebook and Twitter, you know, those are good, too. I would say, you know, website, Instagram, top two. And the other two, are they're good, but just they're not to that level. Maybe they are. Maybe you like them. Whatever you're doing, 16OunceCanvas. Give us the hashtag. Give us the pound sign. Tic-tac-toe, whatever it is. But let's not digress. Coming up next, really great insight into the new beer that's been released, DKML. I love what it stands for. I think it's hilarious. I think it's fitting. I think it's ballsy. And I just love that we were able to get some intel on that before it kind of hit the market. Brett wasn't super tight on that one. Gave us a little inside scoop, and it worked out well. Came out, I believe, about 10 days ago, about two weeks ago, maybe 11 but definitely not 12 days ago. So either 10 days or two weeks or 12 days, but not 11. Maybe 13, but definitely not 12. You're listening to this 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. We are excited to announce that in coming weeks, we have, I think we're almost, I think we locked down about 9 or 10 of our third 12-pack. So we will have that post up on the website, 160zcanvas.com. We're going to have 12 more artists. We're going to be drunk on art. It's going to be awesome. So we thank you once again for the support and the encouragement for checking us out. We're growing, and it's awesome. So we thank you for being part of the community. We appreciate you taking the time to download and check us out each week. If you are new here, go jump into the archives. Lots of goodies to get yourself into. We'll be adding some new features to the website to make it easier to find stuff from the archives. Because we care. When you care enough to send the very best. 16-ounce canvas. The Art of Craft Beer podcast. It's summer, baby. So let's get right back into it. You're listening to Brett Habercorn, senior graphic designer, founder of Brewing Company. Episode number 16, 16-ounce canvas. Bada-bing, bada-boom, and we're back. Here's Brett. Enjoy. See you soon. The Barrel Age series has been really well-received and... The one that I really like is the 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 fruit wood. Is I think that's a really really cool design. It's really artistic. What's the yeah? Thank you. What's the story behind that one? Now again, um, the spelling is unique, so I, there's got to be something correlated with that. But I would just love to hear more about fruit wood. Um, yeah, I mean it's um, I mean as far as the spelling, it's just kind of more of the phonetic spelling. We just kind of wanted a cool way to spell it. I mean, there's not like a huge you know, a huge story behind that, but um, I'm going to edit that out. Yeah. Editing that part out. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Don't don't take me too seriously. And then, (laughs) and then as far as the label goes, you know, we just kind of wanted that, you know, duality of, you know, the above ground and, you know, the hustle and bustle of, you know, the world. And then underneath the, the ground, you know, the barrel kind of sleeps is, you know, protected by, you know, the roots, which is, you know, I guess a cherry tree. And so, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not like a super deep concept, but, Oh, that was just kind of the idea behind it. You know, you kind of have this sleeping barrel down there, and then it, uh, you know, 
we wanted to kind of highlight the ingredients as well and, you know, use that red that, you know, that's indicative of those cherries and, you know, the color of the beer and things of that nature. So again, you know, when it's on shelf, hopefully the customer can really just kind of understand what they're getting into when they, when they grab that beer. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I like that. And there's also the new, the newer one, uh, doom. So, and there's a, there's a 2BA release, right? So that's another one that's on the website. So was that the one you were mentioning before, the, the DKML one? Uh, yeah, DKML, that's one of the one of the placeholders there. So yeah, that's that imperial malt liquor aged in bourbon barrels. So that's a, that's a fantastic. I, I was fortunate to try a little bit of it, and yeah, it is really good. So um, yeah, the label is just kind of, you know, kind of harken the real old school, you know, malt liquors and kind of bring some of that swag back into that attitude. And, um, you know, so DKML stands for dick kicker malt liquor. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's wait, pretty wait. much what's going to happen when, when you drink that thing. And there's this little, like, there's a little like seal on the, on the label and it has this guy, you know, his mouth is open and his eyes are wide open, kind of like he's getting, I guess, kicked in the dick. So just kind of some fun little elements in there you got this like kind of clean simple design you know you know some you know older older you know seal as far as the color palette is concerned and then you kind of got these little fun little elements in there yeah i think yeah it's, uh, and with it being a subtle label it kind of maybe uh, is a nod to the the bite that it's going to have once you, you get into it so that's pretty that's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah yeah, and then, you know, again, we wanted to highlight the ingredients, so there's some, you know, corn on there, but, um, because, yeah, the thing's just traditional malt liquor, but really amped up. Yeah, I, I think you should make a precursor that before you do any of the work, you should be able to, you know, you should taste, get, get the tastings, so I think that should be kind of, you should get, put that in your rider, I think they should make that, you know, standard. Right, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do sometimes get to taste beers along with Jair, but yeah, it's just his description really helps when I'm creating this stuff. Like, oh, you're really good, but I would, it would taste. I was just tasting it would be just help me so much more, Jeremy. Right, right, absolutely. So, Jeremy, if you're listening, I think you should make that happen. But yeah, another one I really <laughs> like is the the Azaka. I know it's probably is that those with the hop names and stuff like that related, or usually I would always butcher those. But I like I like the, yeah, no, that's right, Azaka, yeah, yeah. And it's it's really it's bright, which is I think is complimentary to the the beer, and so I think that that's another really great label. It's very intricate when you look at all the leaves yeah thank you yeah that was a that was another fun one to do so kind of you know the haitian god you know is kind of a zaka so we're kind of paying homage to him and kind of showing his his fields and things of that nature that 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 label kind of kind of shows so again just kind of a i don't know i like to put a concept into it even if you know it doesn't really translate i guess it just kind of helps me kind of flesh out a design no, I, I that I love that stuff, man. So yeah, definitely. Whatever whatever that process is for you, it it works, and I think it's really cool to hear the stories about them. And if we had time, I would just go through every one and ask ask you about it. So I, I yeah, I definitely, I love that. So you know, yeah, yeah. Another fun one to do. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the the we had to do a, a breakfast stout specific from Michigan and. Uh, that was we had to we had to take the baby off the label because in Michigan there's a law that you can't portray a minor on a label. So that uh, <laughs> illustration of the baby apparently was was the minor that we needed to take off the label. So we uh, 
we basically just did that. I <laughs> I recreated the label, kind of left an empty high chair with a bowl, and then there's a refrigerator in the background, and it said left the crib for a bit. You know, call me if you need me. Put a little note on the fridge, and we uh, set up like a uh, like a Google Voice number and kind of had everybody kind of leave some fun messages. So that was that was pretty that was pretty fun. And then shortly after that, next or next year, the following year, we they changed the law and we got we got the label back. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that, but I, I knew that was a legacy label. I thought that was just a crazy law. I, I definitely. Uh... Yeah, it's funny. Is that it's funny to see? We'll we'll get that image up on there on the on the on the website with you can see the the phone. That was gonna ask you about the phone number if that was an actual working phone number, but that'd be uh... yeah, yeah. It was uh, I don't know. It was just kind of a fun little a fun little marketing. You know, we didn't we didn't really promote it or anything. We just kind of threw it out there and to see what happens. And and the the, the numbers got flooded with voicemails. It was it was awesome to hear everybody's you know voicemails. You know, crying for the baby to come back and. You know, some people you could tell had really gotten into the into the breakfast out and left. You know, were singing and left and leaving funny messages. So had a radio show call it as well. So that was fun. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that would, that would make it interesting. That make a fun YouTube video for you guys just to to, <laughs> to, to some of the calls. Yeah. Yeah, we actually did do that. So if you, oh, <laughs> if good. you go back to our YouTube channel, you can see uh, there's a little breakfast out video and uh, it's just kind of a, a montage of, of uh, some of the voicemails that we received. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's a great. Yeah, those. Um, that's a great label, and you know, I really like uh, Curmudgeon as well. Those are some of my favorites. Yeah, that was another fantastic beer. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, I definitely I have a few few in the cellar still, so I can get out them. So that was good. I would try to get in the process, so I'll have to have a couple more as we edit the the video, the audios. Excuse me, but yeah, I, I think that's. I don't know. I, I like. I like to know that you know. That, I thought that was a shitty situation, especially being the local. Uh, your home state for the brewery, but I think that was a really creative way to kind of appease, you know, appease the the suits, but still, um, you know, keep on, you know, keeping the the culture. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was, you know, I don't know if it was like an old law or what, you know, what the deal is with it, but it was, it was just what we had to do, and um, you know, we didn't want to, you know, I guess poke the bear, so to speak, like you know, come after the, you know, the government with the with the decision or whatever but we just kind of want to do a little creative little campaign just to just kind of see what people would say and <laughs> yeah because if that so, made it, yeah, okay. cause, yeah if that made it if i had saw that in connecticut like i think that would have been like wait what like where where did the baby go like what what happened there you know i think maybe people would have probably walked by in the aisle though too you know if, so that, that's, right. that's interesting you know i think the disappearing baby that or we could have done a have you seen the baby? Kind of like a wanted sign or a, you know, a milk carton, but that might have probably played into the the reason they didn't want you to have the the baby on the label in the first place. So, right, yeah, that was uh, original concept was actually putting the a milk carton on the on the uh, on the table there and have missing and have you seen me call the number, but um, that concept didn't didn't make it through. So, right, because you have to pass it through. Yeah, the the, the I think it's cola, whatever, yeah, commission, yeah. So that's, yeah, I can see that. that they probably were like, that would probably piss them off a little bit. So I don't think you, to your point, <laughs> to your point, poke them yeah. out. But I always, there's tons, there's tons of those laws that are on the books. They're just odd laws that people don't even realize are still, you know, in place. Yeah, you know, every, oh, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, every state is different. There's, you know, there's working in, in alcohol, there's, every state is, has some different laws, crazy laws. You kind of have to get around. So, um, 
uh, it's just it's just the business. So right, it's first world problems. I mean, it's you know, but it goes back to yeah. I just think it shows where we are in relation to where things were previously with prohibition and, and what have you. But you know, some of the states, certain. Yeah. I think it's I don't know. If, I think it's Kentucky, one of the one of the states that certain ABVs. You know, I think can they sell above eight or nine percent? Um, don't quote me on that, but I just know that the the bigger, you know, beefier beers don't always you know, can't go to certain states too. So it's never never yeah. a good moment. Yeah, that's that's true. It you know kind of sometimes affects some of the beers that we make because they're so high alcohol. But um, again, it's you know state state laws, so just gotta, gotta follow the rules, I guess. Yeah, I have like a light, a, you know, dick kick, you know, dick kick light for for those states. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one's gonna be fun. I can't wait for that one to come out. Get the <laughs> yeah, fun for that one. That's great. Now, in terms of the mediums, obviously we saw the awesome with the the ridiculous, you know, that video. But what is your normal process? Are you sketching? Are you, are you computer only? How do you create these? Well, I guess it's a little bit of all of the above. You know, I um, I guess I start in Illustrator, just start making uh, you know different different comps, just laying out ideas. It's just you know super messy and. Um, you know, starting out that way. And once I kind of come up with a, a few different directions, then, you know, whatever, whatever I guess needs to happen, whether if I need to you know, go shoot some photos or, you know, sketch something out or, you know, sketch it out, scan it in or, you know, do it on the, the Wacom tablet or, you know, whatever, whatever needs to happen. So some of the labels are just a combination of those different techniques. So some, you know, one label, I guess, uh, dark pennants would be an example of that. It kind of, you know, has some, imagery that's you know found that's kind of put in there kind of has some you know there's some drawing in there and um kind of a, a collage of different elements that kind of make a label so but typically i just got to start the illustrator kind of my 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 crutch well i i always find it amazing what folks can do with the computer i think just especially since it's all i mean it's not new but it's pretty it's not you know, it's different than when you were in university. So it's definitely kind of just in that short period of time, it's gone. It's amazing. Yeah, it just it's mind blowing what people can do. Yeah, yeah, I love love the program. It's <laughs> it's it's fun for sure. Now with with dark pennage, you said that was that's a that utilizes photography. Um. Well, I guess I take that back. That one. I guess that, that's sometimes part of the, the process is maybe photography, but oh, okay, not, okay, not okay. in Dark Penance. So Dark Penance was just a combination of, you know, Illustrator, some um, some found imagery, and then also, um, you know, kind of drawing into it. So there's a lot of things happening in there. So a lot of a lot of layers and a lot of uh, different techniques to, to bring that one to life. So, you know, it's just kind of also put like some little Easter eggs and stuff in there. So a lot of fun little things in that one. So fortunately, fortunately, we don't make that beer anymore. But that I think is probably one of my favorite labels. I really like that one. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I like that. It's it definitely has a I don't want to say ancient, but it has a very very dark and deep. Um, really looks like the colonial period, you know, with, with the way the drawings are and stuff. So almost like yeah. like, a, like a dollar or something you'd see like a early right. early farm or something like that. So yeah, I'll definitely yeah. be trying to zoom that in later and see the Easter egg stuff. I, I geek out over that stuff. So I'll be shooting you <laughs> some messages on that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Now, because there's so many different beers and it's, it's, you know, I, I do love about founders. They, I mean, they put out a calendar. And so, I mean, what do you, what is your calendar like when you're working? Like how, how far from, you know, okay, this new beer is coming out to when, when you have to have the label. Cause you obviously have to submit it, you know, 
for you know approval not only internally but with the the government because of the the size of the brewery yeah. and the distribution. So how long is that process for you? Yeah, well, um, it's we we do it as far ahead as we can. I mean, there's a there's just a lot of working pieces to it. You know, as far as you know, from selling the beer, packaging beer, get the packaging printed. You know, TTB approval, which you mentioned. So. Um, yeah, I think it's usually like 120 days out around there is when we start uh, start the process. So um, get that label done and get that submitted. And then, you know, I also do all of the um, six-pack, four-pack carriers and, uh, you know, can carriers and things of that nature. So, you know, everything's definitely on a schedule. And, uh, yeah, we just try to allow enough time for that label creation and that time to talk to JR and kind of allow that creativity to to, to kind of blossom. So. Excellent. Now, how, so for when you when you get it, what is the you know the approval process? How many? Who the kind of sign off? Like, how how is that for you? Is it a you have to convince them, or you just kind of email it to them? Is there are you pitching them? How do you do that? Are you, are you talking about the, the the folks at the brewery or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're yeah. How does that go? Yeah. So we have um, we kind of have a, a little I guess label committee set up. So after I talk to Jer, we uh, you know, I get all of the, the details about the beer and then I create some comps and then, uh, and then I just basically present them to the label committee. Um, but before I actually present the comps, I kind of, I kind of give them, uh, like a little bit of a mood board of kind of what I'm thinking. So kind of show them, you know, maybe some, some font styles that I'm thinking of and some, like a, maybe a color palette and, and just some like imagery. So just like a little mood, visual mood board to kind of, uh, I guess kind of, dictate the theme that I'm thinking of and, and um, kind of get by in that way. And then I go create those comps and show the comps to the, uh, to our team. And, and then we move, move forward from there, pick a direction and then finalize it and get her sent off to the TTB. See what happens. I love, uh, yeah, the label committee. That's a, that'd be a good, yeah. Uh, it's a committee I'd like to be a member of. So that's a, that's a good group. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's, uh, it's fun to be able to, you know, talk to the guys and, you know, collaborate on you know different things that they're thinking you know maybe you know maybe they they don't feel that color's right and we just kind of kind of hash it out and figure out what what's going to be best for that beer so i mean that's ultimately the goal you know we just want to do what's best for that beer and and you know come up with the best possible solution to, to sell that beer and reflect what's in that bottle and you know bring up the character of that beer yeah now has there been ones that you're really passionate about that kind of get for lack of a better term squashed or kind of like eh how was how was that process for you creatively? Um, well, I guess uh, I guess usually everything kind of kind of goes through, uh, kind of which which is good, I guess. I guess I'm hitting the mark, but but uh, I guess there was there was one. I guess this beer didn't even uh, didn't even make it to the to see the light of day, but um, I guess I did create one label that wasn't really I guess well received, but that's fine. That's pretty good. Yeah, if you're, yeah, if you have, that was your batting average, you know, you missed one. You know, right. I think you'd be you're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and I gotta, I just, I save all my comps and everything, so I got a, I got a bunch of crap saved. You'll bring that, yeah, that'll be like your Easter egg. You'll have that, like that label on the back of it, like another label, like subtly, like, haha, I got him in there. Yeah, that's excellent. Sometimes that happens. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think, uh, yeah, I like you know going going through you know the labels, you know, that's really fun for me. I enjoy that. But if you were to look at the different labels, I think it, 
which is complimentary, they don't always all seem this like from the same artist's style. So I think that your versatility and ability to have the different designs, like some of them look like stained glass windows, you know, some of them look like like you found older kind of historical, you know, documents or things of that nature, and then you know, the topography. So I, I really, I really you know, applaud your versatility. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, again, just the end goal is just to make sure that we're reflecting what's in that beer. You know, um, you know, we say our beer has a lot of character, and we want to, and you know, I guess if uh, you know, a common theme to our beer labels is actually having a character on there. So, you know, just making sure we're you know doing what's right for the beer. Yeah, what's yeah? A lot of them do have like people or mystical figures on there. So I think that's kind of that's. Do you name them? I always think that's interesting. Do you name them? Uh. Do I name the beers? The figures, like the, the like the characters on the label. Oh, um, no, I don't really do that. I guess the um, I guess the beer name kind of kind of reflects the character name. I guess in my eyes. No, I, I agree, but I was just I'm always I'm always yeah. curious how how like how far folks go geeking out over it. So I think it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I would. It's fun. Um, what was I going to ask you? Um, okay, so. So that the, the your industrial job, um, just kind of in terms of packaging, obviously that brought you to this point. So th- was that very helpful when you kind of came there in regards to to layout and how that impacts on on packaging and you know the the wraps of the cans and, and the bottles. So that to me seems like you kind of had some good good knowledge of that coming into it. You know, I think that's been interesting for folks to create it online, but then realize with the wrap and the the, tech, the contour of the bottle, how it might impact their art. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, working with the, the tool company definitely, you know, taught me a lot, learned a lot, you know, with packaging design and dye lines and all of that. Um, so um, it was a very valuable experience, even though it wasn't really re- the right fit. You know, I could take what I needed from that job and, and uh, bring those skills to, to founders. Yeah. I, I think that what, yeah, what brings us to where we are now isn't always the, the plan, but the fact that, hey, the fact that you went to school for, fine art and then you're, you're making art I think is is really impressive because to make that commitment at university there's not like we started off the discussion there's not a um, a ton of uh, f- fine art sculptor jobs in the you know in the help wanted section so I think that's really to actually right. to be actually doing you know what you went to school with your folks must be pretty psyched about that too yeah my uh, when I changed my major to uh sculpture you know to go to my bfa sculpture i do often wonder if my parents are like what the hell was he thinking but um i don't know made it work so <laughs> yeah it's that's yeah it's that's amazing because i've you know a lot of the stories are for, they've went to school for that and some of their paths went different ways and they kind of they had that kind of like i'm just gonna like you're i'm gonna get this job dream job moment and we're like i'm just gonna go for it and so to all you yeah. to all you art majors out there it's not a easy commitment i think i think presenting it to your parents i mean obviously you want your kids to have the best and all you know yada yada but i think to be like especially in this day and age you'd be like okay what are you, how are you gonna make how are you gonna live off of that you know yeah so so yeah and, and again just... yeah and the parent in me not to get too like um philosophical but i think just from you know your your child's perspective when they look and see what you and your wife are doing you know that it'll give them encouragement to not always take what you know the quote-unquote easy path or what you know the larger society is saying to do so i think that's encouraging just in general you know probably even for you know your friends and family to, to see that you took that that chance and went uh 
especially probably wasn't easy those years at the industrial place. No, no dig on them, but just kind of, that wasn't your, your happy place. So that's really encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was definitely difficult at times, you know, just, you know, just trying to even find a job. And then once you find a job and it's, you just know, it's not, you know, you're not going to be happy there, but you just kind of keep chugging through just to try to find that, try to find that right space for you. So once you find that right place, then, I mean, everything just kind of clicks, but yeah, it, it definitely took a while and, uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of rough times at work, and and then my you know my poor wife having to listen to me when I come home bitch about my job, but um, but yeah, I mean hanging in there and just you know looking for those opportunities anywhere you can. Well, it's encouraging and it's exciting, especially I think that you know you've been there you'll be coming up on four years soon, and just the you know the brewery's at twenty years now, and I really like what the you know the the twenty years zero regret series that is you know been, been coming out just to see that all of our social i think is a really it's really positive i think you know there's definitely um again i've never visited but i just kind of feel that there's a good energy there and a good spirit and i think they're kind of you, know, you being the the next generation of that i think you know you you're a good embodiment of that and so i think that's really really makes me um appreciate the brewery a little more yeah yeah absolutely it was a fun campaign and um you know headed up by our uh creative manager and uh it, it really just I, like you said embodies who we are you know mike and dave who started the brewery uh, you know they went through a lot of rough times as well they got a very unique story about how they got to where they're at and um we're we're, we're trying to tell those stories through you know little little video vignettes and uh some you know artwork that we've had uh commissioned out and uh you know just our social posts and things of that nature. So, you know, throughout the year we're going to be posting and, uh, you know, uh, putting out on our YouTube channel and all these video vignettes and this, this basically the story of founders. So, yeah, I was watching the one today where they kind of went back to their college and it was kind of like, well, we didn't really have the, you know, we weren't the best students, you know, but it was like, you know, <laughs> you know, you know so it was good. You know, they showed the bar they went to and that was a nice little homage to that. So yeah, it's, it's always, yeah. it's always interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a great story to tell for sure. Excellent, excellent. Now, what is you know what is your process in terms of not oh, you said before you know your mixed medium, but like musically, are you uh, listening to tunes while you work? You know, are you a silence kind of guy? You know, what's the what's the Brett creative experience like? Yeah, I always have uh, headphones in my in my ears, so it's uh, you know we got a open open office environment and. You know, when I'm really trying to dive into that creative space, sometimes it's kind of hard, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of all over the board, you know. I mean, um, listen to Afghan Wigs and Muse, uh, Pink Floyd, uh, listen to some rap music. Uh, obviously, with my child, we're trying to find some cool uh, baby music and Rockabye Baby, give them some props. They, <laughs> yes. they, they, make some, they make some good stuff as well. You know, they just take these, you know, Pink Floyd and you know, Bob Marley and yeah. Muse and Radiohead and they just put them to a lullaby theme and it's uh it's definitely tolerable to listen to. So some of it's actually pretty brilliant. So Yeah, right. Like <laughs> yeah, Radiohead was like a, a, a xylophone you'd get from like, you know, Tycho or something. It's like, oh wow, all right. <laughs> yep, so I'm listening to that as well. <laughs> nice, yeah. Um now are, are certain musical styles relating to the projects you're working on? Like so if it's a more kind of bright or I don't want to say upbeat label and it makes it sound like the other ones are depressing but like just more like a 
some of these more vivid um, color palettes. Is, does that correlate to your music at all, or is that, is that me going for a reach? Um, man, it's kind of hard to remember, kind of going back to to that. I can't really, I don't know. I mean, I guess it kind of, I guess it just, uh, the level of concentration I need maybe <laughs> depends on what I listen to, so, or how I'm feeling at that moment when I'm, uh, you know, working on the label or whatever stage I am at the label might dictate what I'm listening to. But yeah, I mean, again, it's just kind of all over the board and just whatever I'm feeling at that moment. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I just, I like, yeah, we, we like to interject. I mean, obviously, yeah, we would try to put the music that the, the artists listen to uh, or mention in the interviews, like kind of part of the, you know, we then throughout the, the interview when we do the kind of intro and outro stuff. So just kind of customize a little bit more for you. So that's part of it. And, I, and in my previous life, I did I did radio for like 10 years. So I always just find it interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome to be able to have, you know, Spotify going all the time. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Changing it up if you need to, if you're not feeling something, it's uh, super convenient. Yeah, I think what we're going to try to do is for like – we use, you know, we use the beer puns all over the place, and you've you've mentioned a couple of punny things earlier, so I, I did appreciate that. So our, for our first twelve pack of artists, I think you know we're gonna make that as one playlist. I think try to do that maybe on Spotify or something like that, and then do the same thing for our, our next twelve pack. So, you know, oh, nice. yeah, just trying to think of unique ways to kind of get fresh content out there. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. That's awesome. And I like it because I mean I write down the names of the brewery, you know. Because we, you know, we, we look at the text, and so it's just like I never heard of that band. I listen, like I, I get turned on to like all this new music. So that's it's that's my, my my the aesthetic question is the try to sound like I understand art question, which I feel I've gotten way better with from the episode one. But the music question is um, a little self fulfilling too, because I'm just trying to, especially with folks yeah. being all over the country, it's really interesting to get turned on to different types of music. So yeah, 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 that sounds awesome. Excellent, and so. Um, what do you what, what's what's currently in, in the queue for you? What are you what are you working on now? Um, well, like I said, we just finished up DKML, so um, there isn't much more coming out this year for labels. But uh, I mean, yeah, I do. Um, I guess you know, for my other responsibilities in my job, you know, I you know I do all the label and packaging design. I also have to. Um, uh, create everything for the our sales force and you know i'm in charge of our brand standards i also work closely with our creative manager with, for our uh with our ad agency so on our direction so yeah it's just there's just a lot of things going on a lot of big projects but as far as labels go that i think that's, that's about it there might be one more coming up this year but um now from a yeah. from a time perspective right because obviously you wear like a lot of different hats over there how how do you break that time up or is it more based on when the the beer is coming out so if something's coming up, then it might be a heavy couple of weeks of labels. And then how do you, how's that time management? It seems like you got a lot going on over there. Yeah. Yeah. Time management. That's a, <laughs> that's a tough one. So, you know, we have, we have some software that we use that, that uh, helps us out with our projects and kind of organizes everything. And uh, you, kind, you kind of need that uh, with everything going on. So um, then we also have a, a project manager that uh, is in charge of all the beer releases. So uh, she, definitely helps me out a ton by populating uh, my my project management with all the timelines for the beer releases and label creation and packaging design and everything like that so yeah it's just kind of fitting it all in and uh, yeah it's, it's always fun excellent 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 well 
Well, thank you so much, Brad. I really appreciate your your time. It was it was really interesting, and I, I yeah, just making the time, especially on a Sunday with a little one, is really appreciated. Uh, yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot for uh, thinking of founders and, and the labels. Uh, happy to do it. All right. Yeah. No, I think it's great, and I really, I yeah, really uh, just appreciate. It. Like I said, ever since I've had that dinner, I've always, uh, I mean, I've enjoyed it before, but uh, you yeah, know, just really kind of been psyched. I finally was able to try the um, the CBS. I think last year, some you know, randomly, it was a small pour, but I was very, very happy to cross it off my yeah. my my hunting list. Yeah, that's a fantastic. That's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, you, yeah. Your your frequency of having it is probably much higher than us here in the, the east. So I'm definitely envious of that. But I'll have to I'll have to come out and visit sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely definitely come out. All right. Catch up and have a beer. Yeah, I, I love that. I love it. And yeah, this I'll probably add this last part out. But yeah, just I really just appreciate your time. I mean, I just think it's really um, so, especially working for a brewery your size. I think it just really helps with the project and really just kind of validates what we're trying to do. And I think that what you're doing is not always I think people are like, oh, this label's cool, but to put a person with that in the story, I think it's really, it's really, it's really great. So, yeah, I'm glad that no, you're. No, not a problem. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing your dream job. I'm really happy to hear that. So. Yeah, thanks so much, and yeah, again, uh, you know, humbled that you asked me, and uh, awesome podcast, and and yeah, just thank you so much. Thank you for thanking me. Well, just yeah, tell everybody there we we appreciate what they're doing, and um, well, yeah, I look forward to cracking a beer in 3D at some point. Great, yeah. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Right. Awesome. You have a great weekend and uh, enjoy yourself and uh, try to get some sleep. <laughs> All right. Thanks. You too, man. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thanks, bro. Bye. And there you have it, folks. Brett Habercorn, senior graphic designer, founders, brewing company, celebrating 20 years. 20 years and zero regrets. Check out that campaign. Really cool stuff we're doing over there. I really, 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 really enjoyed talking to Brett. Super humble guy. He's doing some great stuff. And I know I keep bringing it up, but the dream job. He is living the dream. And that's awesome. Also excited. Love the opportunity to crack a few cold ones in person. I've met some awesome artists. Unfortunately, only a handful of these interviews we've been able to do in person. And those have been great. We got to meet Jess at The Alchemist, Jess Graham, Craig with, with Nebco, Tim down at Vale. Uh, most recently, our international artist, uh, Vincent, who we met in Amsterdam. So unfortunately, I don't always get to interview everybody in person, but the offers to have beers in 3D, I am keeping a list. I'm going to make a Google map of breweries I need to hit up. Maybe just take some time playing my cards right, you know, a little mancation. Hit up breweries. Because the offers are coming in. We did an interview last night with a brewery in the Boston, in the Massachusetts area. Again, another offer to have a beer. I just think it's fun. I don't know. I don't know what we'll do. Maybe we'll do like a follow-up or something. We'll definitely put some pictures up if we get to get to meet, you know. The Brit and AJ series, we'll have that up there. Just us doing wacky things, hanging out. Maybe like a Laverne and Shirley episode, who knows. But you are listening to 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Episode number 16 is in the books. 
1-6-O-Z-Canvas.com. Tell your friends, spread the word. We are growing and we love it. We are having a great time. Life has gotten better since we met all you. This podcast has kept things moving and shaking. Been hitting up museums, checking out street art, searching for hashtags. Hour later, find myself down some weird rabbit hole of art. It is exciting. It is great. This is exactly why we did it. We wanted to put something positive, something creative out there and support those artists that help bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. And we hope you're enjoying it. As we continue to say, as we look for more artists out there, get in touch. Don't be afraid. We don't bite. And if you're a brewery out there and you're looking to maybe find a new artist or somebody to work with, or you just want to send us some beer, feel free. All those are welcome options. We do welcome them here. We're coming up on July 4th weekend, so hopefully everyone out there has a good time. Enjoy as many cold ones as you can, but make sure don't be don't be stupid. Be smart. If you're going to drive, stay wherever you're going. If you're going to go hard, Uber. You're helping somebody, you're supporting somebody, and you're not being stupid and risking someone else's life. We don't get very, you know, so boxy here, but just stupid. Don't be an idiot. I'm not the brightest bulb, but there's just certain things I know. One of my favorite apps, Uber. Doesn't matter. Lyft. Whatever. Maybe you don't like what Uber's doing. I don't know. But don't be an idiot. You're listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. It is a simple concept. We are introducing you to those individuals who help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life through their art, through their design, through their imagery, through their great logos. Hold the can. Hold that bottle. Appreciate just a little bit more. And we're done. So this week's episode... We had a cool, fun fact. It was really interesting to learn about Brett's father-in-law, how he was replaced when he broke his leg by Peter Chris, who became the drummer for Kiss. But his father was part of a band called Joey Greco and the In Crowd. And as part of our research, we found some Joey Greco and the In Crowd. So... Instead of our preview of next week's episode, we're going to preview the Joey Greco record. That's right, folks. But thank you. Until next week, we appreciate you and you and you. All right, lots of love, and we will talk to you soon. Don't go anywhere. We will have our Joey Greco world premiere right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Until next week, my friends. Thank you for your time. You're listening to WCAN 99.5 on your FM dial. Right now, we're going to bring to you Joey Greco and the in crowd. Gotta run and get my baby. Right here on WCAN, the Canvas Radio. Oh
gotta run and get my baby, run and get my baby by my side. Yeah, I gotta run and get my baby and set aside my silly pride. All right, when I felt her lips on mine, I should have known it was the end. But when my heart stood upside down, we could never be just friends. I gotta run and get my baby. I gotta run and get my baby, run and get my baby off the street. Alright, I gotta run and get my baby before someone sweeps her off her feet. She was just a pretty face when I stopped to say hello, but since I've had her in my arms, I find I can't let go. I gotta run and get my baby. Get my baby. Oh. 